Hello and welcome back to the Double Post Podcast. As always, I'm Maurice. And I'm Charlie. And uh, we got two games to cover in this episode, a little two-for-one special. Yeah, we had um, we had finals week last week. And as a result, we got absolutely no progress made on any sort of Timbers podcast-related activities. That's correct. Yeah. How was your finals week, Reese? My finals week was hell. I was averaging three and a half hours of sleep and um, spent like, I was averaging like almost 10 hours a day at the library. The library is so nice. People underrate the library. It, it was, Sorry, it you was, were being traumatic. Keep or traumatic, not dramatic. Okay. Uh, close one. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was tough, but you know we're, we got through it. And then there was another Timbers game. Yeah, it's pretty good. You know, uh, the game wasn't good. Synopsis. But. So the first Timbers game was was the Austin game, and uh, while Reese was hitting the books, I was in. I was in the box again at Providence, and. Uh, We'll do a quick and dirty recap of that one. We don't, yeah. need to, we don't need to get too far into it. Yeah, I managed to catch bits and pieces of that game, but I was I was fading in and out. <laughs> the um, this this was the Bill Tuiloma game. Yeah, he had a great game. He did the gritty, and uh, Justin Rasmussen looked like a serviceable left back in Claudio Bravo's absence. Yeah, I mean, let's go a little more into it. I mean, it's, we 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 did we hosted Austin um, at Providence Park, um, and it was. You made this comment before we started recording. I think it was very apt, and it was a classic Providence Park home win. Yeah, which I think is I think is kind of the perfect way to describe that game. Mm-hmm. It's like if you were to like boil down like a Timbers home game over the last ten years into like one game, you get something that looks a lot like the Austin game. Yeah, we didn't always play great, but we played just good enough to win, barely. And that's <laughs> exactly. exactly what we did. Van Rankin was eh. The the defense as a whole was fine though. Yeah, no, the, de- the defense was the defense was very good. David Ayala um, played well yeah. in his like fifteen minutes at the end. Uh Nizgoda didn't really appear. So Ivicic had absolutely nothing to do. He had a couple he had a couple Important plays, but he had, well, I mean, he had that one couple tips. He dove after the ball and I guess tipped it like, but the movement on the ball was imperceptible to the human eye. True, imperceptible. Dude, you're busting that out two minutes in, yeah, three minutes in. Actually, a word I said that imperceptible. Yeah, you look it up. I'm, um, I'm not what a hot. I I'm not 100% positive that's a word, but it is in this household. By the way, we're in okay. the Cole household right now in Portland. Oh, it it is, is a word, by is, the way. Oh, it is a word. Yeah, we're in maybe the swankiest. Decor, any household. We do, we do definitely the uh, the acoustics in here. Are, oh, the acoustics are quite nice. Yeah, we're getting a nice little echo that the I'm reverb, noticing. Yeah, let us know how that sounds on the on the podcast no, recording. I, no, don't, don't let us know. Or don't let us know. We're not going to record here again. Well, now you're sorry, right. I won't. Yeah. But but so I'm interested to see if like that changes because my voice sounds different to me, but I'm wondering if that comes across over the speaker or if it just gets lost. Yeah. Also, I'm staring at a large jar of what is that? Potatoes in front of me? Uh, quarter? That is some sort of some very large I think jar. It's some sort of like quince vodka oh. type drink. Yeah, uh, man, your family always got the fancy alcohol. Yeah, it's like a homemade quince vodka liqueur kind of thing. I'm, I'm not hmm. entirely sure. Anyways, it tastes good though. Well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, as for now, uh, yeah, Austin game was fun. Bill did the gritty and had a goal line clearance. 
and hit the post. And I mean, hit he, the he, post. He yeah, had, he had almost had like an unbelievable header going like looping across goal. Keeper completely frozen. Yeah, frozen the spot. I thought that was it. I thought for sure that was when it was going in. It's a beautiful header, really. I mean, I feel like the quality of headers. Whenever you talk about like you know an amazing goal or like a great shot, mm-hmm. you're never talking about a header. You're almost always talking about like the a only long shot. the only person who gets header creds. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, this is Cristiano. Cristiano always gets the header creds. Or... He does. Or, he is a, he is a I can think of a ball. messy one, too, in the Champions League final against United. Oh, Where he right. had that like, he's looping like, header. He's, yeah. he's like... He's... Uh, what, how do you say That's it? the he's definition perpen- of a looping he's header. He's perpendicular to the goal when he heads that. He's at like a 90-degree angle away from the goal. It's, I, it just... Yeah. Like, it's so funny. Very impressive. Just yeah. Dinks. Yeah. yeah no, dinks it over. Cool. Um, okay, we'll talk some Barca later. How about that? <laughs> you can wax poetic about <laughs> right, yeah, Pedri well, and Ferran. Um, you look saucy out there. I'm just saying. Speaking of saucy, uh, Jesus Ferreira then came and laid three goals on us in 10 minutes. All right, all right, yeah. Let's talk about the FC Dallas game. Bit. Well, you know what? I actually, I think talking about... Oh, so wait, do you have any other Austin things? Well, no. I was going to say the Austin game could be a nice lens to kind of... The defense was in polar opposite land from the last two games. Specifically, yeah. like the... I don't know, the defending as a unit. You know? You notice, you notice in the first half compared to the second half in Dallas, like, in the first half, we didn't look like we knew how to play soccer. Like at all? It was bad. It was bad. Yeah, I, I kind of want to dive in to have like. Please. Okay. So we just, by the way, we just re, we just watched the Dallas game. Both of us were busy during the game, so we had to catch up later. Yeah. So this is fresh in our minds. Yeah. No, I managed to go an entire day and a half without having the game spoiled for me, which meant that I actually had reasonably high hopes. I, I had a couple of close calls, but I managed to avoid it each time. Mm-hmm. But I, I came to the game. You know, I had no clue. You know, I thought. I mean, I figured that if, it, if we'd had a big win, you know, someone would have texted me about it. But, you know, if we had a really big loss, someone might have said something. So I was like, I'm assuming kind of ready for like an average-ish game. Um, yeah. My hope was shattered relatively early on. Yeah, um, it was a gross game. It was like, gross. I mean, from minute one, I guess here, yeah. Let's, let's, do you want to do minutes first and then... Just like general uh, thoughts or general thoughts and then minutes. General thoughts. Okay, Do your yeah. first half thoughts first. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, important to separate. Yeah. Okay, so first half thoughts. Um, broad, like big picture stuff. Um, <laughs> we sucked. It was terrible. We got completely and utterly demolished. Um, that's like the very broadest narrowing a little bit. They had all the possession. They had all the shots. They had all the chances. We got crushed. Narrowing it down a little more. I think the biggest issue that I saw. The big was two really big issues. One was a complete and total lack of coherent team pressing. Hmm. We basically just gave them all of the time and the space that they needed. And then when we would press, first of all, we wouldn't high press. When we would press, it would be super disjointed to the point where like a couple of quick passes or one long ball could completely set us off kilter. Yeah. Um, and that we saw that happen multiple times in the first half. So like we weren't. We were hesitant to press at all, and then when a couple people decided to go forward, it, we didn't move as a unit, and they picked us apart for it. Mm-hmm. So that was the one big thing, uh, and I thought we improved after halftime. But the other big thing was too many easy, lazy giveaways of just like yep. sloppy passes. 
And I feel like that's not something that I see a lot of normally from the Timbers. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that, you know, we don't dribble ourselves into triple teams and get screwed or try ambitious long balls that don't come off. But like the whole, like the sloppy passes, you know, to open players that we don't get, don't get through the one touch passes to a, a, a player 10 yards away that gets completely popped up into oblivion. Like there was a lot of really sloppy, poor play that I just not used to seeing from the Timbers, especially in like the middle third when we were looking to transition from defense to offense. Yeah. We had a lot of our, like our, a lot of our attacks have broken up really early on. Not by like intense pressing, but by just like simple mistakes. The I will say there is one time where we haven't looked like we could pass early. This I was against LAFC, mm. but I mean there's an asterisk but next to like that because we had ten men. Exactly, the, the LAFC game. Like not only did we have ten men, but a lot of we also were like parking the bus and weren't really looking to connect passes. You know, we were also playing against LAFC. Yeah. Whereas Dallas, don't don't get it twisted here. Dallas are not a good soccer team. Yeah. They're not good. They have a decent front three in Velasco, who who might actually be good. Ferreira, who was really good in this game. And Paul Areola, who... Listen, Paul Areola. I'm going to be honest, and I think, I think I've said this on the pod before, but of all of the, of all of the like, um, old, like, old school American MLS players for the MLS team, Paul Areola is one of the ones who I actually don't mind that much. For the national team. What did I say? MLS team. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> One too many drinks for dinner. Uh, yeah, no, of all the of all the people who played all the people who played for the national team have like that old MLS guard, Paul Ariel is probably the one who I find like the least offensive. Yeah. I do think yeah. he generally puts in good shifts, even if he doesn't get goals. He tries, yeah. He was pressing. He, he, yeah, he worked. He's a hard worker. He's a he's a reasonably good passer. He can he is some danger off the dribble. He doesn't make a lot of big errors. I, I generally actually like Paul Ariola as a player, even though I understand he's not nothing exciting, nothing special. But yeah. I generally think he does the right things for a winger, as long as he's not like the main guy. So the thing about this front three is I mentioned it in order from left to right for Dallas. So that's Velasco on their left, Ferreira in the middle, and then Ariola on their right. Uh-huh. So Reese, you're the math guy here. Who who would our who would Velasco, their best player, match up with on our right side? Let's see. So if Velasco is on their left, then because of the whole switching sides thing, yeah. I suppose he would match up with whoever's on our right. Mm. Which who's uh, that? I suppose that would most likely be uh, Van Rankin. Oh, so we just resigned him. That that means he must be good. All right, I see what you're doing here, and I, I don't know what I, I see. I see what you're going for here. We'll get into play. We'll get into specific okay, okay. players later in the episode. Okay, okay fine. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So Jesus Ferreira had three goals in ten minutes, and um, well, okay. The first goal. Let, let's let's pin fault on all these goals. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to look at the goals? Yeah. Let's here? let's pull let's pull. I want to I want to. So the the first. Timeline, timeline. This is a segment. I mean, there was plenty of decent. Oh, and they have Paxton Pomacall, who also exists. He's like a youth national team guy. They love to hype him up. But uh, there was, there, listen, there, so there was FC Dallas for the early part of this game was more or less peppering us with half chances from like minute one. Fair, um, fair. I mean, they have all of the possession and all of the territory. Seriously, I want to. I'm gonna pull this up. I want to take a look at the. Uh, 
the like the like the territory match or the what oh do they yeah call this? Um, uh, the the momentum or the momentum the team yes, momentum yeah, yeah team on, momentum charts we live and die by the sofa score charts yeah honestly those are those are it doesn't lie it it simply doesn't yeah, lie yeah they don't lie um anyway yeah the, that's honestly more generous to Portland I would have imagined but basically they were completely controlling the possession they had the ball on our end the vast majority of the time and they did a pretty good job of creating like kind of half chances. Yeah, um, lots of half chances. Yeah. They, but we kind of held firm, more or less, from letting them get a really obvious one um, up until the 26th minute. Yeah. Where, um, well, let's start at the beginning of this play. Yeah, yeah let's start early, early, <laughs> earlier than where I was at on the highlights. Um, yeah, basically, the ball gets worked in the middle. It's kind of a mistouch um, off of uh, for FC Dallas, but it just no one on the Timbers responds to it quickly. Uh, and it's kind of a broken play. And I think it falls out to who is that? Paul McCall. Paul McCall. Paul McCall. Oh, yeah. 19. Yeah. He, yeah. Okay. Great. That's a great ball by him, actually. Yeah. Falls out to Paul McCall. And he just that. pops it over the top of uh, Van Rankin, who is basically tucked in to cover that space, which Paul McCall is kind of running into. Um, unfortunately, we already have McGraw, who is well out of position at this point, stepped up to. because. Um, McGraw stepped up to like deny the first entry pass, which is like 40, 45 yards from goal. Yeah. Um, so with uh, basically once Van Rankin shifts middle, then once the ball gets played out wide, he runs wide, but McGraw can't recover. Char is too far back, which basically leaves a one-on-one with Bill Twiloma in the middle with Ariola. Um, and as the ball gets crossed in, Ariola cleverly just lets it run. Twiloma goes sliding by. And then um, Jesus Ferreira, who Zach McGraw is trying desperately to keep up with, gets a pretty easy tap at a goal, ends up banging a bar down. Because the one part we're not mentioning about this is Alan Velasco is really good, and that's a really good cross. I mean, it, first is, a, it time. is a great cross, yeah. Uh, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't have asked for a more per cross. Honestly, I think either of these guys maybe could have scored. I think Ariel could have I think scored. To, I think that this is smart. I think Tui Loma is in a good enough position to where he can he can challenge Ariola's shot, um, and maybe even get like a, a block a complete block on it. Um, but the thing is that McGraw is just not. McGraw is way 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 out of position, and most of the time McGraw is going to get away with this because the ball is going to get caught up at the near post, either by Ariola taking a shot or by Tui Loma getting a clearance. But when Ariola leaves it and Tui Loma, I mean. To credit to Tulum, I mean, you can't ever, you gotta, you gotta make the slide tackle. You can't ever be expecting them to leave it. Mm. Um, just goes right by him. And McGraw is just so, in a sense, like there's a couple of different ways to look at this, um, why this happened. I mean, Van Rankin clearly gets caught out, but I, I think that the movement, I think that the space which FC Dallas exploits here really starts with McGraw stepping up far too high. Um, and then from that, That's from true. that moment, like everyone else is kind of playing catch up. I'm going to go super general comment because this is the first thing you said when you saw this goal. Uh, I had already seen the highlights when we watched it. But you said, oh, that's a nice goal. Like, it's a good team goal by Dallas. T- make no mistake. This it is. is it one is of the, you know, goal. I'm not super angry at the fact, well, of course I'm angry that we conceded a goal. But, like, there's a lot stupider goals that you can, and we did, concede later in this game. I mean, actually, in order for this play to work... FC Dallas has to make a number of really good runs, really intelligent plays, and on-the-money first-time passes. Yeah, So which they do all of. So yeah, perfectly. so it's like 
but obviously you can you can always pick apart mistakes for a goal. But like you said, it is just a good goal. And at the end of the day, if a team is going to be performing at this level, they're usually going to get a goal somewhere along the line. Yeah. Because you just can't you can't guard everything twenty four seven if the team is really on it. Um, yeah. So anyway, good goal to start. You know. Yeah, it's it's a tough one to concede, but I think it it was definitely in the run of play. It wasn't like we were playing well. Oh and then this yeah, goal it was, demoralized it was, us. This goal was coming. We this came out demoralized was. in this game. Like we didn't look like we wanted to be there in the first half. And I mean, to be fair, no one ever wants to play at Dallas in Jesus. Frisco. Oh, oh, now's a great time to mention it was oh, yeah, right. military appreciation night in Dallas. Yeah, which or me, in and Charlie, me and Charlie believe is most likely a weekly <laughs> holiday for them, as opposed to a yearly Frisco. one. But. I don't know. Big military guy? Yeah. Never uh, mind. I'm gonna. I'm Big gonna, gun owner. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. Gun be, owner Reese I'm, Cole I'm really gonna, has a lot of. I'm gonna, I'm gonna plead the fifth. <laughs> when, with regards to that, I don't want to get plead the it. second. All right. Uh, plead the second. Yeah, I knew it would hit eventually. All right. Um, speaking of worst goals that you can concede, let's fast forward a few minutes. This play starts with uh, Marco Farfan. Marco, shout out. Yeah, actually, I said Dallas only had three good players earlier. I, or four. Marco Farfan should be included I'm there. I'm giving my left and not to have Marco Farfan right now. Uh, he played very well in this game. So I guess you, you know, sure. Um, <laughs> the highlight video we're watching doesn't really do justice to the <laughs> what really happened on this play. Um, someone, I think it was Matt Doyle, tweeted it out. So you can go watch the full clip of this play by Van Rankin there if you want. Oh but God, um, this this is pretty rough stuff, man. This you don't see this every day. This, was this was this this one? Yeah, yeah, tackle? yeah. It was. So he, he has very very ill advised slide tackle. It, I don't. I just don't. It doesn't understand. really get anywhere close to the. I just don't understand. Player. You're a professional soccer player. Um, I just don't get it. I mean, this is something that I would expect from like. My kid, who I'm trying to force into soccer, and just really hates it so much he's not even trying. Yeah. He's a professional soccer player. Just what are you doing? Yeah. Um, Whatever. Anyways, Van Rankin falls down, misses a tackle. Those are two separate things. And then lets Paul Areola cut inside of him very easily. Well, that, that, I think, I think it kind of bounced back and then worked back. Like, that was this build-up to the play, but this didn't really start. From there, we were out of position, though. I mean... Yeah, I guess. Like... It's first of all the the timbers on this play, they're very condensed in the wrong places. I guess is what I would say. We're like we're not pressing them at all, but then once they get like halfway towards our goal, we start like hounding them. But then we're out of position because we're like yeah, this is not this winning is kinda, the ball. This is kind of one of those things where like I mentioned, I saw this a little bit in the second half. Um, I guess not even because our, our formation is so scattered here. <laughs> like I, where is our center? Are the two people in the center of the box when this gets played out wide on the far side are Diego Chara and Van Rankin? I think one of the big overarching issues for this game is that if you watch the entire game, you'll see that it's very often that at least a combination or all of these people are just not in defensive position, um, including Jimmy Chara, Nijgoda, Espria. And Santi takes eleven guys to defend. Yeah, exactly. And it's very common that like at least some, if not all of them, are out of position defensively yeah, in the first half. Yeah, and like especially when they break that first line, because the thing is like 
they, we weren't really pressing super high, but we were we had players forward as if we were going to press, except we weren't using them to press. So then when they break that first line, all of a sudden they have crazy numbers going against us. Mm-hmm. And I saw, we saw that like almost the entirety of the first half. Yeah. After the change at halftime, that, that phenomenon kind of disappeared. But like, seriously, it seemed like we would have four people high, but we weren't pressing. And then as soon as they find one ball to the middle, all four people are cut out and not properly recovering. Yeah. Again, I something about this just screamed like poor mentality to me. I mean, everything about it did really like we just really acted like we did not want to be there. Yeah, for basically, the ball goes down the line on our on our right flank. Um, gets cr- cut across to the middle, one touch sent across to the other side. Um, basically, no timber is really even close on that side. Cross comes in. Jesus Ferreira makes a more or less like straight run through the box <laughs> and is completely and utterly unmarked by like the four timbers he runs by and get ends up getting a tap in on the doorstep. Oh, we can name the timbers. It's okay. Tui Loma, Diego Chara, uh, McGraw, and Van Rankin, who is kneeling. Oh, yeah. That's another thing we noticed. Uh, I think Van Rankin kneels down on this goal to like head the ball away, except for the fact that in his eye line, he, he can clearly see Hayes Ferreira running onto it about to score. Three yards um, in front of him. Yeah, but of course, he, he doesn't try to keep, get him off sides or go to challenge. He just kind of kneels down, which I I, I, I I can't even try to explain. When's the last time you kneeled down on a on a pitch? That's a good on question. When is the last time I ever During the run of play. During a game. Like, not just to tie your shoe, like to... Uh, I remember kneeling down a few weeks ago when I got elbowed in the nose. Ah. Um, it's not an excuse. Uh, when I was trying to... I was trying to... I don't know, man. Maybe you had a bloody nose. nose. It's t- hot in Texas, you know? But I, I, I can't ever think of any time which I've ever had gotten a strategic advantage from kneeling down on the pitch. Hmm. Um, in the run of play. Yeah. Anyways... Uh, bad goal. Bad goal to concede. Very easy Horrible. goal. But like, I, I think, I mean, listen, we were clowning on Van Rankin for kneeling down because it's kind of funny. But if you want to pin blame, the blame doesn't actually go on Van Rankin. Yeah, no, it doesn't. The blame goes on Tui Loma and Chara mainly. Because Chara doesn't track his run through the middle, and Tui Loma doesn't track his run when he cuts across the back line. Yeah. Van Rankin and McGraw aren't helping either, but they're not in as good position. McGraw is kind of guarding the far post, which he kind of has to. So you could you could say Van Rankin should shift over, but I think the main people, if you're independent on someone, are Chara and um, and Tui Loma because really, I mean, his run comes right up the middle. Diego Chara didn't have a great game. He had He's the one he had the one lung busting run in the second half yeah. from like literally seventy yard dead sprints and wins the ball. Just vintage Chara. No. I checked that was his only tackle of the game. Actually, to be honest, rewatching it, yeah, Van Rankin absolutely should have stepped up and covered him. But still, it wasn't only his fault. Uh, any any Ivicic problems yet? I mean, I know the next goal, it's, it's like we got some problems. But I mean, the first goal was like 10 yards out and got hammered bar down. This goal was a header from inside the six Could running onto it. No. Okay, sorry, sorry. Neither of these goals are safe. Really. Okay. okay. Even Chich, there's nothing you can do. I just want to make sure, you know, we're, we're being accurate here. Because, yeah. like, a lot of time, you know, I, I saw people saying stuff like, oh, Steve Clark would have saved that or something Steve like that. Steve Clark would not have saved No, this. I'm sorry. That He's goal wasn't this. That goal is like, so. I mean, Courtois isn't saving Yeah, you could, you could give the David De Gea, Emmanuel Neuer, Thibaut Courtois, you know, they're saving that maybe one in 10 times. Yeah. You know, the best keepers in the world. 
Eva Chich is saving that 0% of the time. It's just never going to happen. All right, next goal. No MLS keepers. Let's, let's get this that. next goal over with. Um, this th- next goal he should have saved this one. This next goal was really bad. This, uh, I, this isn't the one I lost it with. All right, so this one is kind of like a, a – somehow it's an even worse goal to concede than the last How? two. Okay, so sorry. We haven't even given the minutes. The first goal was in like the 25th. The second goal was what, in like the 30th? Yeah. And then this goal came in, was like the 33rd? 36th. 36th. It was yeah, exactly 36. it was exactly ten minutes between Ferreira's first. Yeah, it's like a goals. ten minute time frame in yeah. the middle of the first half, which they scored three goals. Not good. I mean, this goal is like so many of these goals are just like so little. So basically, um, <laughs> it starts off with a bang of a <laughs> of a highlight. We give the ball away really cheaply. It's like a 50-50 duel, and uh, who even is this? Is that Van Rankin? Yeah, Van Rankin. He heads it to Paxton Palmacall. I don't really know where he's... I think he's trying to head it back to McGraw. He's trying to head it over, and he just... Paxton Palmerfield kind of off-balances him. He doesn't get the power on it he's expecting. Yeah. Um, Ball comes middle. We do a decent job of cutting off the forward run. Um, Basically, the ball is like gets another lay-on to Jesus Ferreira. Top of the box. Around the top top of the semicircle. Takes one touch. And he just he passes. He's not it. he's not really closed down quickly enough. Um, I Chara is Chara kind of steps off. I think he's much more concerned about the ball going up the middle. Um, he kind of steps to intercept that, and as a result, isn't really in good position to cover the shot. Bravo um, steps up Bravo to him, but steps up but doesn't really get himself in front very well. And like you said, yeah, I mean he passes the ball into the goal. Yeah, Ivicic should have this ten times it's out of ten. This, this one's a goalkeeper error. Perfect height. It's. Quick, but it's not that quick. And he gets a really strong hand onto it. It hits it inside of the netting. I mean, the game was over at this point, yeah. uh, pretty easily. And like, yeah, this one's like technically Ivicic's fault, but you pointed out a lot of things that the defense could have done better, anyways. So I think the blame kind of goes all around. That's why I keep talking about the mentality of this team during during this game, because like everybody played bad for the most part. Uh, and we'll, we'll get into individual players in a little bit. But yeah, it was it was not a good game from any player in particular. Yeah, that one that one was bad. That was a, that that's when you really got to save. Um, yeah. Anyways. Anyway, they they, <laughs> they had a little bit more. The, the rest of the first half after that goal was pretty uneventful. Mm-hmm. If I remember right. I mean, yeah, they were just wasting time. Both teams wanted halftime to come as quickly yeah. as possible. Um, Second half, though, so it got it, the second half. If you take it like as its own kind of, if you separate it from the first half, which uh-huh. I think you have to do because the game was already over in the first, like the game was already over, and you know you take you look at what based on what we saw in the second half, it was a different team. Like we we actually wanted to be there and like tried to score goals and stuff. Oh, absolutely. The effort was way up, but I, I think also tactically it looked like the one big... I mean, so obviously we brought on Blanco for Moreno. Yes, who um, had a bad game. Yeah. Again, we'll get into individuals later. Um, Sorry. But the one thing that Gio did is like we started pressing them. Yes. Like really pressing them. And do you want to know what? They coughed up the ball a ton yeah, in their did. final third. A ton. Because. We had tons and tons of recoveries. As I said earlier, third. they're not a good team. FC He's, Dallas are not a good team other than their front three and Marco Farfan and sometimes Pomacall. Yeah. I mean. So. 
we 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 really like that. We it was a change in mentality, change of tactics. The second half we looked like you said, like a whole different team. Yeah. So early in the second half, Velasco like tried to score from way outside the box and he missed. They had a really good, those are really interesting looking shot because he yeah. like hammered it really hard, hit the side netting and just completely stopped. Like yeah. just on a dime. Did you see the um tangent? Uh there was a Liga MX dude, let me try to find this. There was a Liga MX penalty this week. Like I the other day, did not see this. The, uh, I was trying to avoid like Tim Twitter yeah, and stuff yeah. because I didn't want to see Timber spoilers. Yeah, no, I got you. I'll I'll find it, but it was mm-hmm. it was crazy. Anyways, the guy like he's taking a penalty and he kicks it and it like hits the side netting and then it hits like an ad board in the back, but it hits it at the exact angle, so it looks like it's hitting the corner, and then it nestles behind the net like as close oh, as possible. Really? So it literally looks like it's in the goal. Wait, and on. the goal graphic goes up, and the announcers like talk about it as if it's a goal for like thirty seconds. Wait, you said it was a penalty. Yeah. How would he possibly hit the side netting at that angle on a penalty? I know. Let me let me try to find it. Uh, I'll find it. That's insane. You, he hits like the back of the side netting. The like, level of the curve, you would have to. I don't know. I'll I'll find it. I'll find okay. it. And uh, anyways, that's, that's that's dumbfounding. Yeah. Here, check this out. All right. I'll we'll retweet this as well. Look, yeah, they say bottom Yo, corner. Oh no, <laughs> it's like spinning in the back. What? <laughs> and people don't realize that he missed it. It didn't go in. It didn't go in. Oh! <laughs> Anyways, before that gets flagged for the audio, um, yeah, I'll I'll retweet that from Double Post or something, but um. Anyways, yeah, that was that was pretty fun. I thought. And what were we talking about? Oh, Velasco's shot was kind of similar to that, I guess. Yeah, in a way. It was a little bit scary at first. Anyways, talk, talk about the next chance. Yeah, so anyway, a bit, a really early on, the 51st minute, um, so five minutes into the second half, we get a, our best chance of the game by far. Um, uh, someone's there, the FC Dallas is walking the ball backwards, and they look through that thing where, like, you know when you have um, a player on your shoulder – and then you have your center back like diagonally backwards from you. And then you have a center midfielder kind of splitting the gap. And you look to like cut it back towards the center midfielder. It's one of those passes that's like looks really tempting to make, but it's super, <laughs> super dangerous because if you don't establish yourself and like give yourself enough room to make it, you're in really bad shape. And basically that's exactly what happens. Nijgoda gets sticks a foot in. Um, and blocks the ball, goes right to Blanco, and Blanco has tons of free space to run a goal, picks the ball up just outside of the 18, takes one touch towards the top of the 18, the center back closes him down, he hits a curling effort to the far post with good power, and it's kept out by pretty great save, honestly, by the Dallas keeper. Yeah, we were talking about this, like, you could, you know, make, like, I honestly, he's closer than I thought when he shoots that, like, Blanco could go low near post here, and if he hits it hard enough, it's a guaranteed goal. But, I mean, yeah, he curls at far post, and it's a, or like I middle mean, you goal. Score it. Here's the thing. It's, like, it's one of those shots where it's like, if he gets it perfectly in the corner, he's going to score. But he does well enough to where, like, I would expect this to go in most of the time. It's a really nice yeah. one-handed save. Yeah, it is. It's a gr- it really is. I mean... Um, there's the Blanco threat being shown immediately. Also, I mean, great work by... By Yarrow here, you know, yeah. he creates a chance all by himself, uh, just by pressing. 
amazing what you can do when you actually try to press. Okay, next chance. Well, goal. Next goal. Sixty-first yeah. minute. This is the best, you know, best moment of the game. Blanco. He's in the center circle. Uh, picks out a beautiful pass over the top to a beautiful run from Yazgoda, and he chips it with his left over the keeper. Oh man, that is gorgeous. Shades of Albus in the weekend against Real Madrid. Just, just a gorgeous goal. Um, I, I'm gonna look up right now if he's left-footed or not because I can never he is, remember. He is. He is. He is. Oh yes. no. We- Dude, I've done this before, haven't I? Yeah. yeah. I don't know why you can't remember. You are. Dude, I'm telling you, man. I can't remember anything. Um, but yeah, so that was pretty fun to watch. Uh, good for Nia's Gota, you know? Yeah. Beautiful ball from Blanco. Absolutely yeah. gorgeous. See, that is the touch of quality that you get from having Blanco on the pitch. That, quite frankly, no one else really brings. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about Valeri with this last year. Yeah. Like, he just creates chances just by being on the field. Yeah, nobody it's else like does. that. That like that bit of quality. I mean, they they always that's like a classic English announcer. Thing, yeah, you know? yeah. The bits of just a bit of quality, touch of class. Yeah, yeah. exactly. A touch of class or something like that. Like a moment of brilliance. Moment, that's my moment, favorite. Yeah, moment, moment of brilliance. Of brilliance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any any one of those like, and that's that's really what it is. I mean, it's just a special ball over the top and. Credit to Yark, he does a great job. It's an amazing finish. It's That's an amazing it's a, control. It's a really intelligent run. He times it perfectly. He's got two it's guys a on difficult him. first one touch. Guy on him. It's a really difficult first touch. Yeah. Um, and I think that the first touch is probably even harder than the finish there. To like, because he's got people yeah. on both sides. So to be able to bring it down while you're on full pace, without overhitting it or underhitting it. Um, because if you overhit it, the keeper gets. If you underhit it, the defenders catch up. And he's on a yep. full sprint. He's to pick the ball out of the air. Got the no help. It's all him. Yeah, with yeah. the perfect amount of pace. Really, really tough first touch. Sells it really nicely for himself, and then just chips it over the keeper. So uh, that that really is the diffi- really difficult finish too. In addition to the beautiful ball, it's a tough finish, and uh, he does really well. Pretty much every episode we've talked about or been asked about how Nizgoda has not been playing at a DP level. That's a DP level finish right there. Oh, you don't yeah. see that a lot in MLS, and it should be a goal of the week contender, even though it probably won't be, just by virtue of how this entire game went for the yeah. Timbers. But um, that's an amazing goal. It really is. Almost immediately after, oh, actually, we, been, another, we have another goal of the week contender. Uh, I guess it's an immediately didn't, after. Didn't we have something else immediately after? I think we did. I think we did. It was an even better chance than this. Right in front of the goal. Oh <laughs> my god, you're right. I, I think this was before the Ayala chance. Oh my god, you're right. Um, we don't have this one pulled up because oh, MLS didn't no. didn't make the highlight package, but Tyrone missed a fucking sitter. Oh, Just a sitter. Right. Uh, Geo in post game mentioned that like, yeah, you know, if Dyron buries that, it's a different game. Like, I mean, yeah, it's true. If you have like twenty five minutes of, of time to play, and it's no. three to two, like, and we're looking like we did, it's a totally yeah, different game. I already game. forgot about this. We just watched it. Yeah. Um, um, maybe it's like a like a trauma thing blocked out of my Yeah. Mind. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so if I, from what I'm remembering, it was like a long ball out wide to Blanco. Yeah. Um, who was running on to me, who played a first-time ball across goal. You know, now that I think about it, it's the exact same thing Velasco did. Exact same thing. Yeah. I was thinking about that when I was watching it. 
Yeah. I don't want to like spoil it, but he used the exact same ball. I swear to God. First time, same angle. And both times he caught the like this time he, same pace, just rolling. Yeah, he, it catches the keeper off guard because it's got just enough pace and he hits it so quickly, like first time without even taking a touch to settle. Um and it's just far enough so the keeper doesn't feel like he can come for it. And Dyron is sprinting onto it, he's got a defender on his shoulder, gets there first, and somehow skies it from like Six, seven yards out. I think this is this moment for me signals that we're officially back to old Dyron. You know, he had the saucy oh. goal in the first game. This this is what you get with Dyron, though. He's gonna score a goal like that in the first game where he controls with his left, finishes with his right, or maybe I'm having that backwards, maybe it's the other way around. And then he's gonna miss a tap in. It's it's just the way the world works with Dyron. I love him for it. It makes things more interesting, but makes things more. Interesting. <laughs> you can't say it doesn't. I want him to score all of them. I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's back to old Dyrone, but this was an old Dyrone classic right here. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that, was, was that was tough. Bad, man. Oh Jesus! Ah, he skies it. Oh, you know, I have this really crystal clear memory um, of when I was playing in this rec game when I was in second grade. Wow. And I got I uh, got the ball and I was um, inside of the six for sure. Like three oh, yards out. So and the ball bounces to me off like a corner kick. And I go to hit it and the ball pops up and I get underneath it and I hit the crossbar from like three yards out. And I remember thinking that, that was the worst miss I'd ever seen in my entire life. It's like in FIFA when you just hold down B because you're so close and then yeah. somehow they end up skying it. Yeah, Dyron is really making me challenge that thought. I don't know, bro. I've had, you haven't seen me play that much. <laughs> I've, I've, missed, I've missed some sitters in my day. I, I, I feel like I've seen you play enough to see you miss like one or two sitters. Oh, I've missed some sitters, yeah. Like and when I was playing in my entire like two-year Cumulative was probably like three or four year rec career. I scored like four goals total in all in all those years. My first goal ever was the keeper. It's like not that bad though. To be honest. There was some like some weird shit that happened at Delta Park. It was muddy. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. Keeper has the ball like in his hands. He's like about to like cover it up completely, and I like slide tackled the ball out of his arms <laughs> into the goal basically, See, that, and that, they let that it stand. That does not surprise me. That's that was my first. My second goal was absolute banger the ball was like bouncing at the top of the box and i hit it off the vo- off the half volley and it went in the top corner it was beautiful and then i hit i scored like a regular tap in and i scored like a free kick i, sc- I scored a, yeah i scored a free kick those, those are my four goals <laughs> so i'm all over the place Wait, like give me the rundown on the free kick real quick it was just like a basic like i don't know i don't, I don't know man it was from like right you know like 20 you scored a 25-yard free kick. I don't know, dude. I didn't get out my freaking like, yardstick, but I think it was about, you know, it was outside the box, obviously. And I just, like, hit it over the wall, and it went in the goal. Top corner. For... I don't know, dude. All right, whatever. Probably, anyway. Right? There, maybe there's a hole like, in the sounds... wall. I don't remember it that well, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, remember the, I remember the slide out of the keeper's hands much more vividly. Um, That's fair enough. But, yeah. Anyways, what were we talking about? Banger, though. Uh, All right, speaking of bangers, there's, there's the transition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we were talking about how uh, 
Dyron missed the easiest chance in the universe. Um, yeah. To be fair, there, he was getting challenged, but to maybe also, it gets blocked if he puts. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, he. Uh, the best thing I can say about it is that there was a defensive presence that he had to think about that I guess put him off enough. But you just you got to score. It's just there's just no way around it. Anyway, a few minutes later. We get a actually a really really good chance from uh, David Ayala. Yeah, this was this would have been the moment, man. Yeah, he like brings the ball down, um, well, he, like he a gets knocked. Yeah, down. gets like basically gets fouled. Um, and I was saying like, oh, that's a foul. And then he just gets up, turns around, and keeps playing. Actually, beats his defender. Beats his um, defender, and not only beats his defender, he he's like so his back is to goal as he beats the defender, right? Because he has to shrug him off and he gets off balance, and he rolls it over with his left. And he turns his body all the way yeah, around. Like one of those FIFA shots where you're running away from a goal and you press B so the guy like glitches around the ball and then like shoots yeah. it. It looked like that kind of. I don't know how he got his hips around so quickly. Yeah, no, he but did an amazing job. And, and laser this shot should have gone in. This shot should be yeah. in the goal. This is an amazing save. Yeah, he hits it near Pais post. Uh, probably, <sighs> a, probably, like a, probably like two feet or so off the ground. Just inside of the post, lasers it near post. And yeah, the keeper makes an incredible diving save and pushes it wide. Both yeah, this was... save and the Blanco save were honestly incredible by their keeper. That was that yeah. was that one especially really impressive. So even then, I mean that was in the 70th minute, 69th minute. Even Chitch is standing and watching that one go in. Okay, well Not that's just... all that's oh, catching strays out here. Um <laughs> So, you know, even after that, if we score that goal, it's 3-2, you know, you feel like we got a chance to scrape a point out of this Yeah, thing. both the Dyron chance and that chance arguably should have been goals for maybe different reasons, but... that That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Great way to put it. Um, all right, the next goal, uh, <laughs> not a great Ayala moment. Uh, he gives it away, and then Dallas go forward. And, and we're completely out of position. And Zach McGraw doesn't step when he should. Tuilomo's not adequately covering Ariola, plays him into space. Low, hard, far post finish. No Ivicic chance for Ivicic. Ivicic. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the commentators were saying something about how Ivicic wasn't in the right spot, but he, he was. was. He was yeah. fine. He's just a good shot. Not much he can do. Yeah. Um, game, oh, game we do. We did miss one really nice Ivicic save though early in the game. Remember? Oh no, that was early in the half. It was early in the second half. It was second half really? Yeah, yeah, because he was on this side of the pitch. Okay. Yeah, he made an amazing save. I don't make, remember anything make, about it. He did make a really, really nice save off of a off of a shot. Yeah, it was right. It was second half because it was on the side. Um, it was, it was like a, a it was a it was a one no it was a one handed <coughs> save. He like tipped it wide. Remember that? They were like tipped it over the bar or something like that. Oh, the tip. Yeah, he's okay. You know what? We're starting to get some trends with Ivacic. One of them is the tips. He's really good at tipping, tipping yeah. the ball over and out and stuff. Oh, I'm not even wearing a t-shirt under this hoodie. Damn it! Oh, your house is warm, bro. Really? I thought it was cold. My house is just cold then. Maybe. Um. Yeah, so Ariola finishes as he should, and uh, the Timbers lose 4-1. to one. It's funny, because Ariola gets in almost this exact same spot earlier in the game and slices the ball so incredibly wide that it's like, Moore's like shot. a giant embarrassment. Um, and then he gets in that exact same spot later in the game and buries it far corner. So, so yeah. It's just don't give him two chances. 
Um, anyway, Players. that it's game really under, killed it off. It's fine. That goal it's killed it off. We yeah. got, uh, who do we play next? Orlando. We play Orlando right. this upcoming weekend. And we got some USMNT midweek. Well, anyway, hold on. Let's, let's wrap up the game real quick. Uh, nothing yeah. happened. <laughs> yeah, nothing happened for the, no, last, 20 happened the last 20 minutes. Nothing or 13 minutes. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was not even close. It was I, pretty. It was pretty boring. The we game were was over. abusing the our, skip forward button. Yeah, our, our like because I think for the opening twenty five to thirty minutes of the second half, we really controlled the game, and we didn't really go over that specifically. We more talked about like our chances, mm-hmm. but I would say like we controlled that. We had the share of the possession. We were getting a lot of turnovers in dangerous positions. We were getting more of the dangerous chances, like. It wasn't just that like we had a couple of good chances. Like we were really solidly controlling that game, and then after this goal, we just kind of kind of deflated. So I want to I want to pull up the MLS standings real quick because uh, I, w- I want to talk about like where the Timbers are in in the scope of the Western Conference right now. Because obviously, you know, the goal is like make playoffs. Where are we at in the standings? Uh-huh. In the standings right now, we are what, we're fourth. No, that's from last season. What the hell? Why is it pulling up last season's table? <laughs> no shot, we're fourth right now. Yeah, ninth. Nice. That sounds more nice. Yeah, that's more like it. So, all right. Who are the playoff caliber teams we've played against so far? Well, uh, technically, it's been... No, just, just in real life. Like, Austin, honestly, like, they're borderline. They're, they're in, like, the mid-tier, I think. LAFC is the obvious answer. And yeah. we got a point... At their place, whether or not it's deserved is, uh-huh. you know, whatever. Um, New England. Not had a great I think start we, to the season, but... But playoff is, caliber yeah. team. I think we played better than them. And yeah, we did game. so without a bunch of key players. And I feel like we can count that as like a positive, a net positive performance. Mm-hmm. Dallas are in the playoffs. No, they're not making the playoffs. I'm sorry. Well, okay, I, but they're in the playoffs if it starts. Yes, playing. through a four-game sample size, you're correct. They are technically fifth right now, as as are Austin in fourth, who couldn't beat a very depleted Sounders team uh, on Sunday. And, <sighs> hey, yeah. that's it, though. What, what, uh, so I, th- I think the early, ter- early returns are positive. One key takeaway from this table is that we are ninth, but uh, Seattle is tenth. So, oh, uh, that's true. Suck on that, losers. Good shout. We have five points, and they have four. They did also. Never mind. Um, we don't need to go. To the, I don't. I don't even know why I started suggesting something there. Oh, poor Vancouver, man. You know, God, they deserve be. better. They really do deserve better. One draw and one point from. from I mean, look, four look, look at San, I mean, look, look, San Jose. They don't deserve better. Like, make San Jose there. Yeah, the problem is you brought up an interesting point. I'm looking at this table and like I could see pretty much every team except San Jose or Vancouver. Actually, also Kansas City because they're they're like missing a lot of key guys or whatever. Uh-huh. But maybe you even want to throw them in this next category. I think everyone ex- outside of those two or three teams, I could easily see making the playoffs. Maybe not Houston. Oh, maybe not Houston. What I'm getting at is seven teams have to miss the playoffs. Yeah. Out of these 14. We'll say San Jose, Vancouver. We'll throw Kansas City in there. And we'll throw like Houston in there. There's four. Maybe Dallas, five. So three more teams aren't aren't making the playoffs. Who are they going to be? 
I don't know. <laughs> uh, Colorado? Austin maybe goes bad? Like, Minnesota haven't been amazing? I mean, fucking RSL are, like, leading right now, and they were supposed to be terrible this season. They don't have a DP on their roster. Remember, Rusnak got poached by yeah. Seattle. Demir Krylak is their best player Krylak by far. Do you think he's a championship caliber? Yeah, I don't know if he's a championship best caliber. One, 1A on a championship okay, team. Okay, fine, fine. That's like having Jeremy Grant as your best player. <laughs> That's ouch. That's true. Um... Jeremy Grant. Yeah, he got on my fantasy team last year. He did all right. All right. No, nah, no. Nah, you know what? He was good. The Blazers he, are trying he to scored get a lot, he, scored a lot of, he scored a lot of points. He, he doesn't contribute to the assists or... Krylock's a good all-around player. Okay, maybe he's better than Jeremy Grant. Maybe he's like a like like Jason Tatum. Oh, okay. You know. Eh, but people, but no, there's people, no Jalen Brown no, on that people, team. People, but people love... Ruznak is gone. People, they, people hype. People suck Jason Tatum off so well, much. Well, because he's young. Yeah. And because he plays well, for the Celtics. He's been, he's yeah. been the same. That's the thing. He's been 19 for the last like, five years or something. <laughs> yeah. Now. He's still he's, a young player. Yeah. But he's still growing. <laughs> Jason Tatum will be walking out. He'll be Jamal Crawford's age. And like, <laughs> oh, he's still got so much potential. Jamal Crawford retired today. Uh, that's why. That's yeah, why yeah. Jay Crossover. He was on these. Blazers legend. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know if I told you this, but I played the, the AAU team that Jamal Crawford used to play for. I played oh, them yeah. in middle school. They yeah. fucking destroyed us. It was <laughs> so bad. They were all this was eighth grade, and they were all uh, it was uh what was, what was the name? The Seattle uh, Rotary. Yeah, Seattle Rotary. Yeah. After yeah. horror stories. Yeah. No. Anyway, we played them in eighth grade, and uh, they were all dunking in their pregame warm up lines. Like every <laughs> not not like one guy was dunking. Like they were like they weren't even doing layups. Everyone on their team was dunking. And our tallest guy is like 6'2", and we're like, like that's the size of their point guard. And I was like, all right, well, this is this is going to be awful. Mind you, Nashville is in the West now, too, and they're good. Yeah. They were one of the, they were like the best, uh, Matt Doyle tells me they were the best defensive team in the league last season. So. Really? The underlying numbers. Oh, the yeah, underlying yeah. numbers, yeah. Even though they were draw merchants. Draw merchants, yeah, like the Brighton Classic. Yeah, honestly. Bro, well, Brighton could score goals. <laughs> honestly, I mean, XG much. merchants. Yeah, for real. XG champs. You, you just can't have Mape as your as your leading attacking force. Let's just start talking about player. XD. Expected disappointment. Expect these. Expect these. <laughs> New segment. X, <laughs> XDs. XDs. All right. Uh, um, wow, we went off the rails there. Uh, I don't even remember what we were talking about. We were playing. We're well, playing. we weren't really talking about anything. Uh, standings wise, our, as always, our goal is fourth or better. You know, want to host that playoff home game. You know, it's it's four games in. We're only two points off fourth. You know, nothing means anything yet, really. That's so. that's a good way to put it. I feel like we're a better team than everyone in front of us. Literally every single team, except maybe LAFC. I, the thing that I the, the the only thing that makes gives me pause is like the inconsistency that we've seen over the course of the season. Yeah, you know we've seen great performances, yeah. we've seen terrible performances, and we've also seen those performances by uh, bisected by like halves. You know, we've seen great performances yeah, in one half true. and then terrible performances in another half. Because like, I was about to ask like what our great performances have been, but we have had good half, like insanely good halves, like the one against New England, the one against Dallas in this game was a really good half. Even though we conceded that dumb goal. Um, yeah, you know, I'm re- I'm just really excited to see how we stack up against like 
real, real teams in MLS. Because the LAFC game was kind of like a fluke for everybody. Like, uh-huh. Blanco was hurt. Vela got hurt. Like, we were down to 10 for half the game, you know. Yeah. It'd be nice to see us against, like, a Seattle or or yeah, Salt Lake at this point. Salt Lake looks really good. I don't even know, man. I, I'm i very short-sighted when it comes to, like, Timber's schedule. Uh, dude, oh, hold on, dude. We never even finished talking about the game. The... Oh yeah, we didn't do our player stuff. Yeah, we went. We just went straight into big picture stuff. Yeah, that's a good that point. That happens sometimes when the right. game is really disappointing. Player like evals: Ivicic directly responsible for one of the goals, but overall did net positive. I, you know, uh, listen. So he made a few saves. I think for the most part, his saves were like really, really easy, with the exception of one that was a very, very strong save. You know, and I think if that was just the sample size, the three goals wouldn't really count against him that much because I don't really think he had a strong chance against any of them. Um, the problem is that he did make one that was just a very clear error. Yeah. Like, that is one that, like, really should not ever be a goal. Yeah. And that really hurts him. So, again, and I think that's been kind of indicative of what we've seen so far from this season. We've seen some great saves. We've also just we've already seen in, in like these four game seasons, we've already seen what two like big errors that led to goals. What was the first? Oh, the missed punch. Yeah, I was talking about the one where he didn't come off his line. I think. Yeah, but there was another one he got his hand to and couldn't keep out. I think. Um, this is where the memory really really bogs me down. Anyway, but... basically, I think like we've seen some good plays from him, but we've also seen like a lot of a, a, we've seen a number of big mistakes already. So hopefully. Uh, that will, you know, once yeah. he gets more minished and gets more comfortable, those will kind of clean up. All right, Bravo. Hasn't looked great this year, Not to be honest. Not great this year, no. We've had good Bravo. Last year we saw good Bravo and bad Bravo. But more, and much more good Bravo. Last year, bad. yes. Yeah. This I, year I it's Bravo. much more bad than good. Yeah, he's not really found his rhythm yet this season. Um, at his best last season, he was very competent defensively. Um, yeah. Working hard, being willing to put in tackles, not losing his head, and then really good getting forward, beating players, getting in crosses, getting involved in the attack. This year, we're just not seeing as good on either end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, he was off the pitch for the only win of the season. Yeah. In which his replacement, Justin Rasmussen, played very well. I'm not <laughs> saying Rasmussen should start right, full time right. at this rate, but. Um, he came in at, the, in at the end for our other fullback. Yeah, it's a good thing that Bravo isn't a keeper or else he'd be out of his ass. <laughs> <laughs> As is the Timbers way. Yeah. Um, um, Van Rankin. Yeah. Uh, I thought Van Rankin was bad this game. Um, oh, yeah? I, 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 thought he played, I thought he played decent in the Austin game. Um, after I know I criticized him a lot the game before, I thought in the Austin game he played pretty solid. This game, I thought he wasn't good. But, again, he wasn't the only player who didn't play good. Um, he just... He was bad. Yeah, he just wasn't good. He was bad. He, had, he was the worst player on the field. Um, yes, he was. He was terrible. Yeah, he might have been. Yeah, he didn't I, I want Van Rankin to do well. I want every Timbers player to do well. Both of us do. Yeah, um, he didn't have a good game. We have nothing personal against Jose Carlos Van Rankin. Well, I'm starting to. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Let's move on. Center backs. Is the McGraw-Tuilema experiment over? Can we end this? Can we can we bring back the big guns now? We saw Zuperich come in for the end of this game. Yeah, that was cool. Um, the, McGraw-Zu- the McGraw-Tuilema experiment. 
Uh, l- listen, I I think like this game. They played. I mean, they did not play well. This game. They did not play well together. I mean, there's really no way around it. Anytime you get scored on four times, you have to assume, and especially when so many of those goals came from plays that ended up up the yeah. middle. Yeah. You just kind of have to pin a lot of the blame on the center backs because even if you let's say you watch a play, a breakdown of a play, and even if it's you know where they have the ball and they're attacking, even if it's not directly to Ilomo or McGraw's guy. Your job as a center back is not just to mark your man and to cover your space, but to direct the rest of the team to be in the right spot. Mm. So if you're basically midfield and back and, and outside backs are consistently out of position and it leads to goals, even if it's not your man that scored the goal, that it still largely falls on the responsibility of the center back because a big part of your job is to organize your line. You know, you're the ones who see the entire field. And you're the ones who are in it, you know. I mean, the goalkeeper can help, obviously, but it's it's really it's not the same for a goalie because first of all, they're farther away, they're less directly involved in the action, um, and they also just might not know as much. I I think replacing McGraw is like a necessity at this point. I mean, he's clearly the weaker weaker link of the two throughout these four games, and although he's played great, don't get me wrong, this is pretty much as good as I could have, as you know. We've had a completely dead even performance, you know, with two draws, a, a loss, and a win. You know, that's fine. I'll take that. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think McGraw's been bad. I don't think this has been significantly worse than Tuiloma. I mean, obviously, Tuiloma offensively has been a serious threat. And I'm not worried about what they've been. I'm worried about what they will be. Yeah, okay, I see that. I mean, listen, McGraw, I believe, has talent there. I mean, clearly, he's a very, he's very. Strong, very good physical presence, good in the air. Um, I like, I like at times his aggression. Works hard. Um, but at other times, his aggression gets him into serious trouble. And I think that that's a thing where experience will, is just going to have to take fix that over time. You know, I mean, other. This is when we bring in rate because this is like the problem with every center back. Really, is like, oh, you're too aggressive. You get caught out of position. Well, it's about how often that happens for you that really yeah. makes a difference. So, like, like we've criticized the thing that made me think of this is we've criticized Mabiola and Zuperich for this exact same shit in the past. Uh-huh. You know, that's just the kind of perennial problem. Anyways, um, I don't. You know, Tui Loma. I'd, I'd be okay with seeing a Tui Loma Zuperich backline. I'm assuming Zuperich is ahead had, of schedule. We've had Tui Loma for a long time. We know what we're getting with Tui Loma at this point. Yeah, man. He's not going to surprise kidding, you. You're, you're spraying the board with Tui you're getting, Loma you're back getting, there. One thing you're getting is an amazing aerial presence on offense. You're getting, that dude wins headers. You're getting headers, you're getting free kicks, and you're getting some sauce. I mean, when he pushed up into midfield when Zuperich came on, he brought out the sauce for yeah, a you're, great you're, you're, you know, you're getting, little bit. You're getting at least one bit of sauce for every like three games or so. But it's, it's a, the best kind of sauce. It's, it's um, the best kind of sauce, but it's not immediately followed by a turnover. Oh, oh yes, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, it's a Tui Loma that, special. That dominated the MLS moment uh, moments really last year. Yeah, we I remember. Oh, we that's right. We had a ton that's of right. those. Yeah, okay. Tui Loma sauce. Um, okay. okay, moving forward. Yeah, um, that's, that's the back line. Jesus. Yeah, uh, Diego Chara. We kind of mentioned on not much. To not touch a great on. game. Not, not a, a great, great game. game. Not super influential. Didn't flick anyone's ear, but didn't have a ton of tackles either. Yeah, it just wasn't very good from him, to be honest. Also, it's not bad. The exactly. passing was just, bad. Yeah, he just 
didn't he, offer much going forward. Is, yeah. Usually an underrated part we, of his game is his passing. Pretty much all of our midfielders, except for Ayala and even a couple of our attackers, uh, for a large portion of this game, especially the first half, even in the second half, was winning the ball and not having any urgency to go forward. You know, being content yeah. to take touches away from pressure, take touches backwards, which is not inherently a bad thing. But if that's what you're doing every single time, you're never looking to attack. It, it, it makes it it makes it really hard when you're struggling to connect passes to actually get forward. The other thing is when you do win the ball back, you need your teammates to move around you and give yeah. you options. Not a lot of players were doing this at all for the Timbers, but I will mention one who did. How have we not been talking about this guy so much yet? David Ayala. David Ayala. He was doing this. Made some poor passes. You know, let, let me preface this with let me preface Ayala's first MLS start and first real you know, minutes in MLS by saying he's going to fit in so well on this team and in this <laughs> league because the man will make some absolutely saucy plays and make some amazing, brilliant technical plays. He will do the dirty work as well. He will, you know, get dirty and make tackles. Like you said, he had three fouls in the first, like, ten minutes yep, of this game. Yeah, he had the first like three fouls of the game. He will also make some extremely questionable passes and decisions in general. Um, yeah, he which, had a few you know. decisions and a couple of passes that it's just like, oh, yikes, what are you doing? I would attribute it to his age. He's only 19. He turns 20 in July. He's only 19. I'm 21, and uh, he You're is... 21. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're about to be 20. You're basically 22. Almost, yeah. You're closer to well, 22. Well, so I'm almost three years older than him, and uh, yeah, he's like insane for his age so to put it in perspective like especially for like a center midfielder whereas like i feel like there needs to be like different qualifications for different positions because when you're when you're breaking out as a young player it's just easier to break out as like an, an a striker or a winger especially a yeah. winger yeah of course there's a reason why so many of the young breakout talents are wingers because you can be afforded <laughs> the ability to screw up a lot well and, and vinicius jr you know, you know? What are, oh, people, people are I knew talking, you were going to bring up people Jesus. are constantly talking about what an amazing talent he is and you ever watch him you see how many times he screws up again it's constant it's non-stop that dude messes up more chances than anyone I've ever seen in my entire life and yet everyone still claims that he's one of the best strikers in the world I just don't well because what's the most important trait for any winger and what's the biggest thing that a lot of young players can do whatever run really fast showing off run, no, run Instagram really program. fast Whatever. Um, I, I we went from that. How did you bring up Vinicius and David Ayala? This sucks. You go watch the Barca game, and he had one good chance and one one with the keeper. Going to do it, he fell over, flopped, and then got super pissed. Dude, that was bad. To, he tried to fight was, PK. He to, no, he tried to fight. Uh, he tried to fight. No, it PK. Ter Stegen. PK brought him around the arm. PK to carry him away. PK was literally like, took him under his arm and was like, bro, you, you, do, you do not deserve an argument. Yeah, he screwed up his touch, fell over himself, and then flopped, and then got all pissed. Whatever. He sucks. Has a Whatever. game-winning goal in El Clasico. That was basically an own goal. <laughs> it was a terrible shot, and got PK blasted into the back of our own net. I don't know how you're going to say it's a... Dude, that shouldn't even count as the goal. It was an own goal. He turned it right at the keeper. He'd been trash all game. And all of a sudden, he's a hero because he takes a garbage shot that PK launched in the net. Isn't Whatever. he, like, leading... Isn't he, like, second in La Liga in goals? Yeah, because he started off well. But now now he's reverting back yeah, to the mean, and he sucks. Whatever. So, the the 
the Vini Benzema Asensio front three beat the, the Neymar Messi Mbappe front three. It's because PSG are dog shit. All right, they're terrible. PSG is oh, absolutely boy. awful. It's they're yeah whatever. Messi is gonna leave. All right, uh, Santi Moreno did not play well in this game. Didn't terrible. Much. Did nothing. Just real, real, yeah, real bad for Santi. Bad Just Santi performance, nothing. unfortunately. He's offered, been, offered nothing. We are still on the Santi hype train, don't get, or at least I am. I don't know where you're still. No, I still am, but I, I, this was just a really bad game for him. Yeah. Just, this is, I mean, this is just like shows that he's not at that Blanco level. Oh, They're near it. Well, of course. You know? Like, but like we've been hyping up as like his skill set as like some like an attacking creator, like winger can kind of do it all. I mean, he's never going to play a pass like Blanco did. I think Santi yeah. thrives much more on dribbling and being fast. But he does make a lot of clever passes, but he's not necessarily like the long ball expert that Blanco is. I don't know. Santi, I don't know if he makes a ton of clever passes. He makes a lot of Jimmy Chara passes, yeah, which as we were mentioning, Jimmy Chara will rack up like five key passes in a game. And you'll be like, what? He was invisible. Well, no, it's because he gets the ball around the box, makes the easy pass and moves, which granted is how you can... You know, that's a crucial part of scoring some goals. But at the same time, it's not always, like... I think the stats are telling us more than they need to sometimes. What's the word for, like, where you say something that's, like, a segue to something else, but you describe it so well that, like, you basically don't even need to say the other thing? Um, I feel like that's basically just it about Jimmy Chara. Well, yeah, it's Jimmy Chara. It's the Jimmy Because that was... The five key pass was this game, and yet he really didn't seem like he was doing anything. Segue is what you're looking for there. Yeah, but like I feel like I don't even need to talk about Jimmy Jar anymore. I feel like just explain it. Yeah, that's it, it was self-explanatory. Yeah, he um, uh, yeah he <laughs> he apparently made some key passes, but I didn't really notice him do much of anything for the entire game. I mean, he kept the ball all right. Um, he didn't have a lot of really bad turnovers, but the other thing is that I saw he was he had a couple times where like he was really out of position defensively, and I know that's not really his job, but like. Jimmy Chara noticed especially, like, just not being in good defensive positions. Yeah. So, by the way, we, we didn't mention this earlier. We said we were going to, but the defensive positioning in the second half was better. We were in two actual blocks. We defend The Timbers defend in a 4-4-2. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah we, dropped, we actually, like, dropped into the blocks. Yeah. And, well, first we pressed, and then we would drop. Right, yeah, right, right. yeah. Which is what you're supposed to do. And we did that instead of in the first half where we just kind of let them have the ball and then let them do what they wanted to with the ball, which is not the advice. first half was so bad, man. I All right. Uh, come on. We're almost through the 11 here. Yeah. Espria, bad game. Bad, bad Espria. Bad, bad. Didn't do anything. Bad, Missed bad, the chance of the bad, game. Bad, 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 no good. Nothing to say. Nizgoda, <laughs> um, good. Very good. Created a chance for Blanco. In the second half. Yeah. And finished the Blanco chance in amazing fashion in the second half. I, I I would say you're giving him a little too much credit because I do think he was completely and utterly invisible for the entire first half. And well, yes, but even in the yeah, second half, okay. didn't have like the largest presence, uh, especially not later in the game. But you're right, he did create the chance and finished off our best chance beautifully. So definitely a no, definitely, not definitely, our best chance. Right, sorry. Finish <laughs> off our only goal beautifully. Yes, yes. I should say. Um, definitely did a good game, but still, I still think that some of the complaints that like we've had, some of, not complaints, some of the things that like have been missing from his game that we've talked about early in the season were still there in this game, even though he did have a, a brilliant finish and, like you said, created a chance for long. Yeah. 
Well, and then when I say created a chance, I mean he made a tackle. Yeah, fell into fell. It was a little bit lucky, but it was it was still good pressing. It yeah, good yeah. Pressing. So I mean, shoot, if he can press, then that's great. Do it all the time, please. Well, I mean, again, it, this, that's the thing about what was happening in the first half was that even if we would press, it wouldn't be as a team. You know, we would kind of wait and wait and wait, and then a couple people would go press, but it wouldn't be as a unit. So, like, if he is going to press, he needs to wait until he has support. Yeah. Pressing by himself isn't going to do anything. Anyway, uh, other people who played Zuperich. Well, okay, Blanco we kind of already talked about. Blanco, Blanco was kicked Blanco. ass. Yeah, Blanco was, was far and away our best player. He was on the field. Um, created yeah. chances, created all of our chances. Was the only one who looked like really strong, dangerous on the ball. Yeah, he looked like Blanco. It was great. Yeah. It was good to see. He looked really good. Zuperich came in for like ten-ish minutes and didn't really need to do anything. I, so I, I don't, don't even. Really I, don't even I don't even remember. He shaved his head. He shaved his head. He did noted that. Uh, speaking of shaved heads, wow! Look at that transition. Blake Bodley came on for like seven minutes at the end of the game. Did nothing. Played winger, which was important because now I know where to put him in my in my spreadsheet. Yeah, Charlie was Charlie was really worried about this. <laughs> Bro, Blake Bodley has played every position for the Timbers except center back. <laughs> so I don't know where to put him in these stupid little organizational charts that I make. Um, so now I can put him at winger since we have enough sample size to say that. Enough sample uh, size being Rasmussen two minutes of regular time. Oh, he did. Yeah, I forgot and about what that. When did they come in? It was like the I don't 70, know. Sometime you know, late. It was like around the seventh. I think it was. A, it was after the laughter. Was it after the last goal? I think it was like seven. That? I think he came in with like twenty to go. Well, you know, we we could just look at the feed yeah, and, and find up. out which is loading right. I'm in going seventy second. That's my guess. And that's your guess. I think it was later than that. Oh no, no, you wow, seventy. Oh, let's go. Nailed it. That's good. Oh, shit. so close. All right. Yeah, it was right after the uh, the the Blanco saved chance. Oh wait, was it? No, that's not right. Whatever. Um. Anyways, uh, he came on for Van Rankin, and he, so I'm assuming he's left footed because he's a left back. He played on the right. So at this oh, point, Gio was willing to <laughs> take out our starting <laughs> right yeah. back. And put in our backup left back at right back. Not moving Bravo over, putting Rasmussen at right back just to get Van Rankin off the pitch. That's kind of demonstrative. Maybe, maybe he picked up a knock. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Rasmussen, I like Rasmussen, bro. He's I funny. I like him too. He got interviewed after the Austin game and he was very like chill, and but I've, also jovial. I've really not seen much of anything from him. He scored the he scored a banger in preseason. I think I sent you there. You might have, but I didn't it's watch fine. any preseason. That's, I, that's fair. not true. I As watched I watched like the first game, or at least like no, I think I watched the entire first game and then didn't watch any of the subsequent ones. That's fair. Um alright, that's everybody, I think. Right. Um, we gotta do man of the match and MLS moments. Man of the match. Whoo! I mean, I think I know who yours is going to be, but I think I'm going to give it to Niascota. Yeah, that's... that's I was figuring this out. Uh, my man of the match is, is Blanco. Blanco, yeah. Even though he only played 45 minutes. I know. Oh, you know what? He was oh. just... He only played half the game, but you know what? That might honestly be to his credit, because anybody played on the field in the first half that's doesn't fair. deserve to get it. That's, Jesus, that's a good we point. That's a good point. Um... And when he came on, we looked like a different team, and he looked like the best player on this new team that actually didn't suck. So I'm giving it to Blanco. Some other nominees, you could say Ayala. First MLS start, had a couple saucy moments, almost I, scored a worldie. I thought Ayala 
listen, I thought Ayala had some really good moments, and I'm excited for him in the future. But I, I thought this game, he made a lot of, like you said, one of his one of his turnovers, which was really bad, was directly led to the Ariola goal. Um, and we were we were very clearly caught out by that turnover. Yeah. Um, and he had a number of like bad plays. He also committed some bad fouls. He had one especially, like basically they pretty much given us the ball, and I was smashing into a. I think it was like hedges or something. Yeah, like hedges. No, 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 no. Palm call. Might have been palm call. Um, like after. It was after. one of the white boys. I remember that. Yeah. Um, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, thought, I thought he played played all right. Some things to look forward to, but I don't know if I give a man a match shot. It's also hard because so many of our players played so bad this game. <laughs> Many times you lose yeah, four pretty one, much you know, all of them did. It can be hard to find a man of the match, but so yeah, I mean that's the that was the week we got Orlando coming up this this weekend. Um, they are fifth in the East. Let's see who they've beaten. They have the same amount of points as us, seven points. Wait, is that right? No, we have five points. Shit. Um. Oh, they beat the Galaxy. I actually watched a little bit of that game. Uh, they beat the Galaxy in Carson, so that's a good result. That is a good result. Uh, Galaxy are a good team. You know, people people love to hate on them, and I do too. I, I hate the Galaxy, but you know, okay. So Orlando this season, they beat Montreal two nil at home. They tied Chicago 0-0 away. They lost to Cincinnati. I forgot about that at home. That's um, a tough one. You, you really hate to see that. Well, yeah, but so Cincinnati's got this guy named Brandon Vasquez, and he's scored two goals in that game, I think, or maybe scored one and created the other one, and he scored two goals this week. So Cincinnati oh, really? might honestly not be that terrible. That would be fun. But uh, Orlando have failed to – they've scored four goals in four games, and we should beat them at Providence Park, period, the end. All right. This game's on ESPN. Uh, which means the kickoff is not at 1 p.m. It's at like 1:25. In fact, let's just check right now. Oh yeah, that's for right. the for the people at home. Yeah, did, did we talk about? Oh this? no, it's at 1:08. Oh. That's weird for an ESPN game. Anyways, did we talk about this on the podcast before? Where, I don't like, know. You can find the actual kickoff times. I've probably mentioned this before, but yeah, if you go to the MLS website, which I know is like a hellscape for some people, but <laughs> just trust me on this one. You go to the schedule. And from there, you click on the match that you, you want to know about, and it'll show you, you know, the 1 p.m. And then under it, in little tiny itty font, right where it says buy tickets or get scammed by tickets from SeatGeek, or remind me, it says KO, and it's got the real kickoff time right there. Because normally you have to just, I, I always would just guess. I was like, mm. it's probably going to be at least 20, 30 minutes before the kickoff. And then you would the miss like part of the first half. Yeah. Or I would turn it on exactly when it starts and then sit there for 20 minutes and then... Yeah. It would be, yeah. Um, you can also... I think there's a website that tracks it, like a third-party site uh-huh. that puts it together. You just Google like MLS kickoff times. That makes sense. I don't know. That's just fun though. Yeah. Okay, one thing. We, did, we still didn't do MLS moments for that match. Oh, Jesus. Well, okay, we got the Tui Loma sauce. That has to be there. The Van Rankin slide is like legendary. Okay, so I think the, to, for me there's a couple of... Clear options. The Van Rankin one, you know, we, we kind of crazy, but basically what happened is Van Rankin, like, I don't even know. I think it was um, Velasco, like, made a move, beat a defend, beat one of our players. Uh, it was probably like Jimmy or Santi or something like that. The ball that. was like getting past him. Yeah, yeah, and, he and he's like, he's like in running into space, and Van Rankin starts running forward like he's going to, you know, make a tackle, and he kind of starts to slide, but he doesn't ever really finish that. He just kind of falls over. 
and mm -hmm. Velasco like jogs right by him. Like I swear to God, it wasn't even a slide tackle. He just like falls over, yeah. and and he just goes breezes right by me. I was like, I I swear to God, I, I could not could not tell you what that was supposed to be. Um, yeah, it wasn't good. My other two shouts for MLS <laughs> moments. Well. They're both from Espria. Um, <laughs> oh, God. One of them we already talked about. It was the miss from the goal line. That's probably got to be the That's bad. That's really, really bad. Game. But yeah. the other one was one where, like, he, he gets the ball with his back to goal um, probably 20, 25 yards from the opposing touch line right on the corner. Um, and he goes to, like, make a pass and, like, shanks into the ground somehow and like it goes out mm. of bounds. You ever that? No. It was like, it was like <laughs> so it was again like, it was one of those things where it was like an unpressured pass and like just completely shanks into the ground and like turns it over. I remember the cross to nobody. I think you were away from the screen. I was I was, that, in the I was in the bathroom. He had a nice cross to nobody. Yeah. Like no like I think he ended up being the closest like timber to the cross by the end of it. Anyways. Yeah instead of the uh MLS moments was to the diorama moments of the match. A lot of times that's no, what it ends up being. Yeah. No, uh, no bicycle or bicycle attempts in this one. True. So. Yeah, we can cap count on that. We had another count going too, and I don't remember what it was. Geo yellow cards, I think. Oh, yeah. No geo, geo yellow, yellow card. card either. Wow. In fact, almost no yellow card. Did any Portland player get a yellow card for this game? I don't think so, actually. I don't remember, I don't remember anyone getting a yellow card. Let me, let, me, let me look at the thing real quick. I think Ayala should have had one. No, no timbers had yellows. That's, yeah, I, that's I know, weird. I definitely could have had one. Yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> no tactical. Yeah, no, this is this is good because we were. We didn't care enough to tactical foul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. When you're down three zero. It's like, eh. A tactical um, foul, whatever. Uh, let's see. Is that all the stuff we have for game specific recap thing? Um, we should be doing more preview stuff in general. So I want to do a little bit of Orlando yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that we have anything else normally, right? No, well, we got oh, questions. Oh, team grades. Oh, team grades. So. I don't think we really do that. <laughs> yeah, we, we did been, like I the first like, game of the season. I think we've been lacking on the last couple episodes, but yeah, let's do team grades. Okay, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shoot. D. D plus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it, All right. I thought we did. Where's the plus coming from? The plus is coming from our second half performance, which I thought was very good. Okay. The D is coming from the fact that our first half performance was awful. I mean, if the second half was if it was anything like the first half, it would have been an F. I mean, 45 minutes of god-awful soccer followed by 45 minutes of good soccer is a losing recipe. Right. The D-plus is, is a losing grade. Well, you do half your homework. You're not getting a D-plus. <laughs> well, actually, you should have seen the score. Like I said. <laughs> I turned that, yeah, turn that, that in like 3.10 in the morning. Oh, see, bro, I'm sweating some of these <laughs> grades. Like, I just, oh. There's, there's one grade that I'm, I'm pretty nervous about down the stretch. Because it's one of those things where the professor doesn't enter anything in Canvas. Yeah. Like, I have zero grades entered in Canvas for this class. Even though we've had, like, a bunch of assignments. And so he I still just, hasn't entered it? Dude, do no. tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, TikTok, Jesus. <laughs> No, he didn't. He's not. He's gonna skip Canvas. Put it all straight into Duckweb. Oh, I hate yeah, on the that. back end. It's terrible. So it's like the moment of yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, should we do questions first or Orlando stuff first? Um, let's let's do Orlando stuff first. Okay. No. Uh, 
question first? I don't know. You know what? You, you decide. You decide. All right. Well, since the questions are now in front of me, <laughs> we'll be doing questions first. We have three of them. All right. Uh, ben at Benjelo with underscores around it says, right back. That's the question. Get it? Um, I get it. I get it. A put? Okay, Reese. Okay, Reese. Here's, here, I'll form this into an actual question. I, that, I think that is an actual question. I think he's formed it well enough. Do you have an answer to it? Um, I, I change clubs. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think that maybe Jorge Marrero. <laughs> kidnap back just, Yeah, just send down like a team of mercenaries to kidnap Jorge Marrero from whatever club he's playing for now. Uh, put him in the back of a van, like stuff right. him in a timber suit, and then throw him on the field. Get a grip. Five minutes before kickoff. <laughs> um, in MLS, there's two types of right backs. Really, in general, there's two types of right backs. There's the right back who is way too chaotic and attacks too much. The Jorge Marrero. The Jorge Marrero is a perfect example. And there's the right back who doesn't attack at all, or, you know, this applies for left backs too. Sits back, just defends the whole time. Not super skilled, but will defend solidly. The Zero Valentine. I was going to go with Michael Harrington, but Zarek Valentin's good, oh, yeah. too. Um, I want a Zarek Valentin back there. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of the chaos. We got Bravo, who's pretty, who's pretty good going forward. Normally, yeah, he's not a great start of the season, but it's four games. and I think we'll get it back. He's playing so well. Van Rankin also likes to get forward, but he hasn't Van Rankin is done listen. much on either end so far. I thought that Van Rankin had a decent start with the Timbers, but based on recent performances, he doesn't seem good enough to hold down a starting spot. Like, at all. I think he is good enough. I think he has the talent to. He played well in the playoffs last year. <sighs> yeah, but I like what you're saying. Like, he also completely sold in, like, their late season. And also, push. as we were saying, we weren't recording at that time. Yeah. So it was, well, you know, we recorded a little bit during that. Remember the... I was on his dome pretty hard in our last couple of shows <laughs> last season. Um, All right, my okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question, Reese. Yeah. How many more bad performances does it take for you to want to start Pablo Bonilla right back? <laughs> Jesus Christ! This is like this is like a torturous question. For oh me. come on! This is like something that I would like as a Timbers fan. This is like the lowest of lows. I would hope that I would never have to answer. <laughs> It's like choosing which would you rather drown or be burned alive, you know? Burned alive, easily. Really? You'd rather be burned alive? Or drown? Well, no, it's actually, getting burned alive! Really. Yeah, but you're drowning. You're getting burned alive! Your what? lungs filled with water. I mean, burned alive, I would just, you know... I, I feel oh, like, I, oh, I just, okay, I okay, just okay. chill. I just, yeah, I, I just, I just be like, okay. Well, obviously, neither of them would be fun. My point is, like, I don't know what it would be like to burn, be burned alive. It would where be I feel painful. like I have a pretty good idea of what it's like already to be drowned. I think it would be painful. I think it would be painful life. too. But guess what? It's only gonna last a little bit because you'll be dead. So is drowning. You pass out way before you actually die. All right. Well, which would? Wh who are you going with, Bonilla or Van Rankin? Van Rankin. For now. I probably still can't right? For now, okay. All right, uh, glad we cleared that I up. I don't know. Would you man. rather have Justin Rasmussen over either of them? He's a lefty. <laughs> so, no, okay. I, um, oh, I'm sorry, I, that, this sounds ignorant. I'm not trying to make a point here. I I'm just know, trying man. to get to I the next question. Bad. I think you got no good options back there. I Whether Rasmussen is good or not, it's really tough playing a lefty at right back, you know? 
it's, it's just it's just hard, you know. I think an earnest point we can make about this is that we should have re-signed Chris Duvall. We should have re-signed Chris Duvall. I love Chris Duvall. Who was that that you know Michael Harrington type right back? We but were he talking. He did give us something on offense. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, exactly. He, he, good crossing. I mean, he wasn't a great. Scored driller, that banger that should have counted. He scored that Seattle. banger that should have counted. Yeah. I really liked Chris Duvall, man. I thought he was a great backup. He was solid. He was just solid. I thought he was a period. great backup and he was someone who I would totally feel comfortable stepping the, stepping into the first team if we needed him to. Yeah. You know? And like we had the rest of the first team healthy. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's like I think that like if Duvall were in our first team, I wouldn't have been like scared, you know? And like, yeah, ideally you want someone a little better back there, but like I I thought he was very confident. I thought he was solid. He didn't make many mistakes. He was a solid defender, offered stuff going forward. I really liked Chris Duvall. But you're right. We should have resigned him. All right. Uh, next question. RS. It's just the name's RS. Oh. Says, is our style of play sustainable? Are we really going to be a consistently elite team playing a pragmatic style? I have some beef with I have some beef with the implications of this question. Go for it. Go for it. The Timbers do not have a style of play. <laughs> the Timbers are the most tactically chaotic team in MLS. And that comes from someone who consumes MLS content, including actual games. What about packing? Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. All right, Gluck. Let's... <laughs> sorry, sorry. In sorry, impact. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the Timbers' style of play is called Passion. Passion. And it means you play hard. It's the Geo special. If I... <sighs> Like, people often characterize the Timbers as a counter-attacking team, which, like, sure, we score some counter-attacking goals, but we're not mm-hmm. a, we're not Atletico Madrid. We're not built to counter-attack. We want to go forward, and we do – we're able to play with the ball, like, a lot, and we're very good at it as at times, as we saw, again, in the playoffs last season, like, towards the end of last season. Um, so I don't really think we're playing a specific style. Period. Yeah, I think with regards to counterattacking, that has been our identity in years past. But I, I don't think over the last few years, we've definitely had some of it, but I don't think it's been like a consistent style. We were a counter, um, I'll give them this. We were a counterattacking team in 2018 when we made MLS Cup. That is true. Because yeah. we were not a super great team and we just sat back the whole time and poached some goals. That was pretty. That was pretty yeah. fun. It was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we got outplayed almost every game, and we would keep winning. <laughs> yeah, um, away because uh, we had away from home. You know, we're we're very. I think whatever. I don't want to get into that discussion. I started like four different sentences and then ended. Yeah, them immediately. <laughs> uh, I I do think that this style of play, um, with regards to being being sustainable, um, yeah, I do. I think that yeah. We have, when, when healthy, I think when fully healthy, you know, when Blanco's back and we have Mora back, and I think we have all of the pieces we need to sustain this style. The problem is that once inju- if injuries keep hampering us, as they have been and as they always seem to, um, then the style becomes less sustainable. And, but you just can't plan for that, you know? You, just, you never I know. I think it depends on the type of injuries, though. I mean, I go back to, again, the, the games last year, the times where we were missing Blanco. I mean, we played in a, some beautiful soccer with, like, Jimmy Chara and... Okay, so so this was our starting front four for the RSL match. Felipe Mora, you know, Santiago Moreno, 
making his like I think it was his first start as a Timber, uh-huh. in play- and it was in the playoffs, the Western Conference Final. We had Jimmy Chara at the ten, and we had Marvin Loria on the left wing, and we won pretty comfortably. I know the goals were kind of against you know, like the goals didn't come from beautiful soccer necessarily but we we were the better team in that game with that start front four so yes i do think we can be a consistently elite team playing a pragmatic style as rs says yeah all right final question from john and it's a doozy it's a it's a multi-parter which we love by the way i I made that sound bad but those are fun it's gonna give me flashbacks to my Oh, dude. Okay, by the way, like, here's a reason why we didn't record during finals week. So I, I decided to study in the library with Reese one time, and this man pulls up the stu- a completed study guide that he found for his final. 58 pages. Yeah, the study guide. 58. That's one test. 58 pages. Yeah, the, there was the potential <laughs> the, the potential list of questions they gave us was seven long answer and 75 short answers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a long and all week. each question is like ten questions. Yeah, the, the long, the question. long I counted one of the long answer ones. I ended up answering was eleven questions in one. Oh my god! And it's just one after another. It's like this is not one question. Like you just every <laughs> these sentences just keep ending with question marks. Like you, yeah, you can't reasonably tell me it's the one question. Anyways, question from John. It fit within the Twitter character limit, so you know. Uh huh. Seeing Arudi and Cascante for Austin last week and Farfan with Dallas this week, I was wondering, which team has the most ex-Timbers? All right, well, as a matter of fact, John, since I am, in fact, an MLS deadbeat and I did some laundry today and I had the chance to answer this question, I went through each roster in MLS, which sounds hard, but it's not because, like, Matt Doyle did these, like, previews for every team uh, for the West and the East, and he has, like, he, he posted his spreadsheet screenshots with, like, the depth chart of it. So I can just go through the names pretty quick. I may be missing some people. I just did this off the top of my head, like, looking at names that I recognize. Uh, there are two teams in the league with two Timbers on them as the high number. Austin is one of them, Rudy and Cascante. The other one is uh, Zarek Valentin and Steve Clark on Houston. Uh-huh. So the two Texas teams, which I thought was interesting. And then the third Texas team, Dallas, has Marco Farfan. I'll name all the other names on this sheet because I wrote them all down. Uh, the Galaxy have Viafania. The Quakes have Abobasi. SKC has Kendall McIntosh, former like third string goalkeeper. He's a T2 yeah. guy. Um, Cincinnati has Alvis Powell. The Columbus Crew have Darlington Nagby, who scored a very late equalizer this week. Shout out I Darlington. Miss Nagby. I miss Nagby too, but I don't think Porter's ever going to release him from this. Yeah. Evil grasp. Uh, New York Red Bulls have Aaron Long, who a lot of people don't know was a Timber at one point. I didn't know he was a Timber. We he never played. I don't think for we us. We had Aaron Long. We never played him. Yeah, that's usually what the reaction is. <laughs> and Philly has backup keeper Joe Joe Bendick. Oh, a long time ago. Like I think he was in our academy system or something. Like I don't know. Just Google Aaron Long Timbers. Oh, man, that's too see bad. for yourself. He was on like T two, I think. Uh-huh. Okay. Anyways, yeah. I mean, how great, how great would that have been to have a legacy like MLS guy like Aaron Long? One of the best. Anyways, whatever. Dude, I don't need to go on way, Aaron Long rant. We have Eric Williamson. Yeah, yeah. We don't mention that enough. We have I Eric Williamson. literally 
this is the first time I thought about it this entire podcast episode. I was talking about people being healthy, and I didn't include Williamson. Well, yeah. So we have, uh, in fact, I was doing, in my degeneracy, I was making a depth chart last night. And uh, those red names are the ones that were injured. We have five injured players right now. Uh-huh. Three of, two of them are Hunter Salt and Tega Ikoba. Ikoba, you could make an argument, might have gotten some minutes being a forward. You know, yeah. two of our three forwards are injured. Salt wouldn't have gotten minutes by now. Uh, Williamson and Paredes are both injured right now. Paredes, I think, is a more minor thing. He should be back sooner. Williamson should have been back by now, but picked up a like hamstring knock or something. Uh-huh. It's one of those things where you're recovering and like you, you recover too fast or something. Like yeah. That. Uh, and yeah, Moore is injured. Obviously, that's the fifth. So. We do have, you know, that's three key guys. That's three, like, basically starters. I know Williamson and Paredes wouldn't start at the same time, but, you know, three key guys were gone. Um, So, yeah. Anyways, uh, John's next question. Also, how are we feeling about the upcoming final World Cup qualifiers? Maybe Ferrer can score against someone that isn't the Timbers. (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice? Dog. I'm so glad you asked because I know you're burning to, to talk about the national team, Reese. All right. Well, I, we were just talking about the national team briefly earlier. Um, it would be cool if the United States could have a promising young player not get hurt. Yeah. Like, holy shit. It's, I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily have statistics to back this up, at least with soccer. I know this trend has been happening in basketball, but like, injuries seem to, seem to be way up. Oh in yeah, recent years definitely. And I, I, I watched an interesting video um, that talked about this trend with regards to the NBA, and I, I'm, a, I can assume that it probably translates corresponds somewhat to soccer. But it talked about like specialization mm. in terms of like sports as like one of the key causes of injuries. Like when people only play one sport, that. they only work out like certain muscle groups in certain parts of their oh, body. I thought you were going to say like position wise. No, 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 no. no. I mean like yeah, like team. role. Like I'm talking about like actual sports whereas like you know back in the day when like people would play like the best athletes you know they would play every sport they could because they were great athletes you know and as a result they got different training and all these different experiences and all these different like like muscles and like they and basically what the the video i was watching basically said that like one of the main reasons for um the increase in injuries that these players like have not built up that like same like overall physique Mm -hmm. um Anyway, I don't know if that's, like, true. They made a pretty compelling case, but I don't know how well it translates to soccer. But it seems like injuries have been going up, and certainly it has been for USMNT players because McKinney is out, Pulisic's finally back, Reyna is recovering, Dest just got hurt, uh, Matthew Hoppy is hurt, I'm pretty sure. Um, Did you mention McKinney? I mentioned McKinney, yeah. McKinney's out. Pulisic um, just got back. Randy I mean, just got back. I guess we're not injured at forward. <laughs> also, we don't have a forward. <laughs> also, uh, Peppy may or may not be a bust. Oh, Jesus, um, Peppy's bad, man. We'll I, see. I just we'll don't see. think he's good. I never thought you he looked was it good. up earlier. He had like three. He has like three nineties worth of games in MLS. Yeah, he has six games, but he's only averaging like forty-five a game minutes-wise. Yeah, zero goals, zero assists. Pretty average ratings. Mm. Um. Small sample size, not. Again, no, hopefully we can. Hopefully he can pick it up. Doesn't know, tell us anything yet, 
but um, not exactly an explosive start for a team that was hoping for an explosive young player. But yeah, I'm pretty sure like almost every like bona fide starter on the national team has had a major injury in the last like year at yeah. least. Yeah. Kind of insane. <laughs> Maybe not Musa was like the one name we found. Where yeah, I, you're I right. can't remember if he's had an injury or not. What about Aronson? I know he was had a, he had a slight he had a he small had a injury, point, but yeah. I don't think it was like a serious one. And he's not a starter though. Well, uh, okay, okay. You're well, right. No, he's probably not a starter when everyone's healthy. But yeah, your ideal eleven. I mean, he's not starting in the eleven, right? Probably not. You got Pulisic, Reyna, and then the the, the McKinney, Adams, Musa midfield. Yeah, and you got somebody up top. I don't know, man. Team. He's making a claim to be a part of that. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Brendan Aronson looks like the real deal. Brendan Aronson's legit, man. I love Brendan. Aronson. I love Brendan Aronson. He looks like the real deal. That's um, Musa looks good too. I mean, I don't know. There's some competition for that position. The the okay. So John's question: these these upcoming World Cup qualifiers. Yeah. Uh, the first one is a doozy. It's in Azteca against Mexico. Now. You may be listening to this and already tuning it out. Maybe you don't care about the national team. I know a lot of Timbers fans like hate the national team, or they just don't care about the national team, whatever. Watch this game. Yeah. Watch this game against Mexico. Well, even more so like the Panama game on Sunday. The Mexico game is Thursday at 7 o'clock. It's on Paramount+. Plus. Which, also, if you watch the Champions League, you can watch the USA. There so is a do whole it. slate of great games on Thursday. Yeah, like, Thursday. Oh my Thursday. god! Yeah, there's European games, there's South American games. Uh, I don't think there's any African qualifying games, but there's Concacaf games like all day, morning, important games. Day. All of them are yeah. very important. Yeah, very, very important. big games. It's gonna be great. I'm excited. World Cup implications. I'm excited for Thursday. The USA. So they they're second right now, I believe. They play Panama. On Sunday at four o'clock. Now, if we win this game against Panama, we're effectively like safe. Yeah, we're done. Like we're we're qualified, basically. I, I think actually we might be qualified because Panama are like the only team that can catch us that are the lowest or something. And then we we play uh, at Costa Rica, I think, or is that at home? I, I think we play at Costa Rica next Wednesday at six o'clock. Basically, we need these some are the last three. Games. Yes, we, we do. Need these some are. results. We don't need to win every game, but if we don't get any results, we're fucked. These are the right. last three World Cup qualifiers. Again, if you don't care about the national team, check it out. You know, it's important. It's also, un- like, undoubtedly important. I understand that, like probably a lot of maybe maybe one of the things that's keeping people from the national team is like the fact they're not like necessarily super big on the whole American patriotism aspect. Which we're not believe either. Believe me, I get. <laughs> believe me, I get. But like, you have to realize, like the as someone who like grew up playing soccer in America, the success of the U.S. national team is directly tied to like investments in soccer and popularity of soccer in America. Yeah. So which is tied, which is tied to the quality of the MLS. Exactly. So, like, That's what better, I was getting at. The better the U.S. national team does, the the bigger soccer will be in America, and the better the MLS will get. Like it's all connected. Like, you know. So like, if nothing else. That's a great reason to root for the national team. I don't team. get it, man. There's these Timbers fans who like genuinely will like actively not watch MLS and actively not watch the national team. I get it. MLS is hard to watch sometimes. I understand. You know what else isn't always the highest quality of play but is still entertaining? What? March Madness. We just yeah. had this discussion a few weeks ago. MLS is fucking crazy, man. Crazy shit happens and it's awesome to watch. <laughs> 
So check it out occasionally, you know, just throw it all in the background. We need the ratings. This is, this is mini rant. Give me a second. Yeah, go for it. This is a big problem with MLS. The biggest problem MLS is facing is national TV ratings. You'll see graphs of like ESPN ratings throughout the day. And there's a huge dip in the MLS spot during the day. Why is that? You see a ton of people going to games. They're smashing attendance numbers. It's going amazing, like, in-person-wise. Well, it's because people don't care about the teams that exist outside their markets. If you want more in-depth on this, the Allocation Disorder is a great podcast. Paul and Sam at The Athletic. Go go check that out. They go more in-depth with what I'm saying. But quick and dirty version, I think, you know, you're a perfect example of this. Not to call you out, even though I just did. Like, you won't watch MLS. You just watch the Timbers because they're your team. I would watch the MLS if I'm really bored and, and like, it's, like, on. If I put it on. If I put it on, you'll watch it. I've watched <laughs> it by myself if, like, I'm on the ESPN tab already. Okay. And I'm like, oh, there's MLS on. But I, you're right. I never seek to put MLS on, like, ever. So that's my homework assignment for all you listeners out there. Watch one MLS game that isn't <laughs> the Timbers this week. I don't know. I haven't checked the matchups. I don't know if there's any good ones. Just find a random one. They're all crazy. They're all on ESPN+. Plus. You probably have it. You can pirate it just as easily. Like, figure it out. Come on. There's always not, games not, on national not TV. Not that, of course. No. Or have ever For done legal that. purposes. No. No, we don't. You don't have um, to talk about it on the pod. Probably. But don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Orlando. And then we'll get out of here. Yeah. Reese, how many times do you think the Timbers have played Orlando City? Well, in seeing MLS as I, I saw it on the Jeez. computer earlier, I'm going to go with six. You're correct. And I I'm correct. Woo! Oh, what do I win? What do I win? <laughs> you win me reading off the list of oh, matchups against Orlando wrong. City. We lost our first two matchups against them. 2-0 at home. Terrible result. I don't remember that. That was in 2015 as well. I don't remember that. It was an early season game, so I guess we didn't care. Another early season loss. We lost them four to one. I remember that. We were terrible. Was that was that at Orlando? Yes. Okay. Then I that was that one. both those games were when they had Kaká. Yeah. Okay. I remember. I remember the at Orlando one. That was shout on us. Um, so dude. Yo, here's a deep cut. Guess who started left back for the Timbers in that game? <laughs> in the four one game? Yeah. You're not gonna guess. Just look at the rating on some score. No way. No way. I haven't thought about Jack Bambi in ages. Holy crap, I forgot this dude was on the Timbers. Wow, we had a 5.2 that game. Man, huh? Jack Bambi. He's not great. Wow, I wonder who he's up to now. Jermaine Taylor. Wow. Jermaine Taylor. Jeez, these are some deep cuts. Anyways... Uh, yeah. Then the third game, we smashed them 3-0. They had two red cards. That was a fun game. And then they beat us 3-2 when we had... <laughs> Do you remember this game? We had a 2-0 lead in the 80th minute. Oh, <laughs> and then they yeah. scored three goals. Yeah, yeah. And Tom Dwyer won the game. That was an ugly one. There was a rock fight in Portland... 1-1 one, one game. It wasn't a rock fight. That's not a fair term to give to this game. Where we we tied 1-1, one, one, but it felt like a loss because we dominated. Uh-huh. And then most recently, we beat them in the MLS's back final. Was that the final? 
I think it was the final. Oh. Yeah. I did not remember that was the final. Was the final? Yeah. Yeah, it was the final. So, right. anyways, up and down moments against Orlando. Um, dude, have you noticed this in the stadium? The, the MLS is back banner is, like, literally bigger than the championship banner. Um, I did not notice that, but I have to imagine they're both bigger than the NYCFC banner. <laughs> oh my god, that thing is microscopic. Yeah, if you haven't seen that, check out uh, NYCFC's championship banner. It's one of the more it's one of the more embarrassing things I've ever seen. It in just made me sports. more depressed that we lost that game. Yeah, that is that has got to be the. It's pathetic. I don't even. I, there's Beyond not, I don't pathetic words, I don't have any words for it. It is awful. Even like a wreck trophy, like. Is I, I'm pretty sure I have like medals from fifth grade basketball leagues in my room that look better than that. Yeah, it's held up with like zip ties and everything too. Jesus, like, it's just so embarrassing. Such a horrible thing. Oh my god. Um. Just all right. Like so Timbers Orlando Sunday 1 p.m. 1:08 p.m. kickoff on ESPN. Big ESPN. All right. Every bar in the fucking world has this game on. So go watch it. And uh, we'll be there to break it down. Every bar in America has ESPN. I will if if there's <laughs> if there's a bar in America that doesn't have big ESPN, I would love to know about it because actually no, I wouldn't. All right, yeah, um, we're done with this episode. We've gone on too long, even for us. Yeah, no, this last thirty minutes have really like <laughs> really went downhill. Yeah. Oh, geez. Holy crap! It's an hour forty-five. Yeah. Yikes! We really been rambling on. Get some food after this. I'm kind of hungry. I'm down. Popeyes. I just want, oh Jesus! No, no. All right. I'll choose something from the list. All right. Maybe a bar or something. I don't know. I just want to get out of the house. You know. I'm be down. All right. Uh, anyway, Good so uh, for those of you who like the long episodes, uh, you're welcome because we managed to drag this out to an hour forty-five somehow. Um. I guess I was going to say for those of you who didn't make it this far, but you didn't make it this far, you're not going to hear this, so uh, go fuck yourselves. Yeah. Not and for the rest of you... We love you still. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Um, if you want us to do different stuff, tell us. Like, you can... you can. Yeah, be like, hey, like <laughs> I don't really like the longer episodes. They're too long. Or, hey, I really like the longer episodes. Like, I think it's cool. Like, I was mostly talking about, like, topics. like Topics, too. Like, John single-handedly makes us go on USMNT rants. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I enjoy doing them. Oh, I love talking USMNT. Um, so, yeah, if you want to not talk about that as much, ask us more Timbers questions. Um, you can do that on Twitter at DoublePostPod. Also, I mean... I believe we've covered all the bases. Oh, you yeah. Have, you have something else? No, I was just going to say, like, if you have any... Don't ask us about anything else, like... A, I don't. I don't want to veer too far away from the like tower day when. No, no. I was talking more about like I was talking more about like European soccer. But like, oh, I that's to, true. Yeah. We we do we do. Or South good. American. I watch. I watch. Some. Yeah, that's Charlie's domain. I oh, come on, man. I watched River and Boca this weekend. Yeah, I don't. I don't watch South American soccer. At all. Not Premier that I'm. Plus. Not that I'm against it. I just don't really think to. Um, uh, you know, if you want to ask us about, I don't know what what else do we talk about? I don't know, man. Let's find something out. We're done with this episode. Good yeah, night. Yeah. Go Good Timbers. Night. Go Timbers. <laughs>